and welcome to this Meetings Today podcast. I'm Tyler Davidson, Vice President and Chief Content Director of Meetings Today, and got a nice treat for you today. We have uh, Deborah Gardner, a 28-year hospitality veteran and researcher who's really sort of worked um, every side of the meetings world from uh, being a certified meeting professional uh, to a supplier to a keynote uh, speaker. Am I leaving anything out, Deborah? Oh, no, you're doing good. Um, I am a dog lover, too, so maybe. <laughs> maybe we have that in common, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> and yeah, so, you know, you know, uh, uh, fair to say, you know a lot about the, about the meetings business. Um, I've been around for almost 30 years, and I appreciate you um, joining us. Um, and so we're going to have a great conversation about meetings in general, uh, what's happening, what's changing, and where the industry um, may be heading. And uh, Deborah is going to help help sort it all out for us. So welcome to the podcast today, Deborah. Thank you so much, Tyler, for having me. I'm excited to uh, to get the opportunity to share what I see and hear out there. And uh, as we know, it's constantly changing in the meetings industry. Yeah, definitely. And and what do you think some of the major changes are? I mean, in a big sort of overall sense, it's, you know, technology has just really caused a lot of disruption. Um, and of course, the, the giant uh, demographic surge of millennials, too. Uh, you know, what are what are you say? What are you seeing? And how can you kind of narrow down that thought for our listeners? Oh, yeah. Thanks for asking. Actually, there's a lot of things that have been catching my interest on uh, several different levels, I guess, reading and researching what's going on, talking to those in our meetings industry from the newly experienced to the experienced. It's amazing. Um, some things, even what you just brought up about technology, um, the, the live and virtual attendance Figures over the next year are expected to grow. And you you remember a couple of years ago where there was a disruption there, thinking that that attendees would not be um, interested in in seeing face to face anymore. But it seems like it's it's actually been partnering with each other and you know developing curiosity to get people back to the uh, you know to the meeting room or the meeting space and and that's a that's a good thing um but with technology i find that there's a lot of interest in as we know ai and you know the drones and and the you know more about wi-fi and and all that i do see that the attendees are are getting a little bit app f- fatigue <laughs> taking it's, you know, it's taking a lot of space on their devices and, and you know, the meetings industry and, and technology trying trying to figure that part out, you know, based on their goals and objectives. But um, overall, I see technology still very expensive, but yet I see that we're heading to more of the data areas, kind of like, a, like an, an invisible data um, outlook, which um, I think the the stakeholders and the owners are, are looking at that data to to kind of justify you know their meetings and to see where their time and money should be invested 
And uh, although technology still has to do some price adjustments, refinements, tweaks, and polishing, I don't think it's ever going to go away. I mean, it's it's still being utilized as a vehicle to connect people. And I, I think if you took it away, I think you're going to see some backlash of some kind um, because, you know, nobody wants to have their smartphone taken away from them. <laughs> Right. And you're a speaker, too. And I always I feel guilty because and I got to say, if you ever see me out in the crowd and I'm on my smartphone, you know, I'm tweeting stuff out. I'm trying to cover stuff. But I mean, as as a speaker, do you ever look out there or maybe you've been doing this for a while when you first started everyone seeing everyone staring down at their screens? I mean, what what goes through your head? Are you thinking, oh, they aren't paying attention to me? Uh, But it's just a fact of life now. Right. Well, right. And, and it used to be that way. Speakers would be complaining about, you know, I, I just can't get their attention because they're on their phone. But now, you know, the scene industry has smartened up to where, you know, you can utilize those phones to and for an advantage. And yes, you're right, because they are tweaking. They are writing notes down. Um, but now that the, the uh, you know, the attendee experience is in the forefront, it's the speaker's duty to find out, is that all there is, is their phone? They want interaction. They want to drive the outcome. They want to create that experience. And speakers are in this creative mode to try to figure out how to incorporate their phone and how to incorporate that face-to-face experience. So the pressure is on the speaking industry when it comes to education. If not, then what the meeting agenda is going to look like is no speakers. It's all going to be about meet and greet with each other and learn from each other. So the pressure's on the speaker industry. (laughs) And what, I mean, and as a speaker, how have you had to adjust what you do and what would be your advice to meeting planners about what they should ask their speakers to adjust to in this new environment? Oh yeah, there there definitely has to be some partnership um, and a tighter uh, relationship with speakers more than than ever. Um, I think that the meeting professional and event professionals need to look at speakers as part of their team and hire them much earlier than when they do, because it seems like speakers are always the last <laughs> uh, part of, of the equation uh, of the pull. And really, it should be the flip side. Speakers should be coming on board and the, the meeting and event professionals should be you know, gravitating to their experience of their of other meetings that they have done so that they can be a team effort to going into creating, you know, the experience together. And again, all too often, it, it, speakers are the last ones and then it's too late. It's too late to, to hear what can be developed together. And that's a shame and that's sad. And we don't want to see that happening. So my big, you know, advice for meeting and event professionals is, hey, bring on your speakers on board right away. And with as many speakers as there are out there and as many meetings as there are out there, you know, speakers are looking to, to book themselves early and you can end up missing out on the one that you want um, if you don't get them in on, you know, on board early. And I know that having a, a theme to a meeting and a very precise message uh, to impart to attendees is important. So I'm, I'm certain that uh, speakers are aware of that and that they need to be brought into that so they can be on board. 
Right, right. It really helps and and gears to the fact that, hey, is this speaker really the right fit? Um, if not, speakers have a community just like meeting and event professionals have a community. We can find that fit for you. And if not, um, definitely, you know, we can get a speaker bureau involved. So there's a lot of advantages to, you know, hiring a speaker. I know one that, that I've seen really... Um, be uh, good for, you know, those that are are decision maker wise is if you're going to a city and you're hiring a local speaker there, they can give you a lot of input to that, that destination that can be not, you know, less biased as opposed to when you're talking to a hotel venue or, or uh, a restaurant, because of course they want the business, but a speaker can come from, the experience that they they've had right there in the local market, and uh, I think that should be taken advantage of more often. And um, so you you're sort of like a, a triple thread. I mean, you've been a meeting planner. You've worked, I, I believe, uh, on the hotel side, and then now, uh, I guess, primarily a, a keynote speaker. Uh, what sort of expertise does that give you um, to sort of fit into? Uh, working with a meeting planner and and delivering that cohesive message that they're after? Oh, gosh, that is probably my biggest advantage um, in the speaking industry. I end up getting hired uh, percentage wise, much higher than a speaker that has not been in the the hospitality industry. Just having my CMP alone, you know, sometimes they, they find out where the payoff is that it pays off a lot for me. I'm only one of seven speakers worldwide with the CMP. And when a meeting or event professional sees that, then they know I understand the back of the house logistics. I know the simplicity of showing up. I know they they, they can trust me in giving me the AV team's um, contact information and I've got it all ready to go with, with them. Um, it really actually takes a lot of pressure <laughs> off of them knowing that they get to work with someone like me um, because... Uh, Today, you know, one of the biggest concerns meeting and event professionals have is is the code of conduct with speakers, the professionalism with speakers. And the last thing that they need to do is is babysit a speaker. <laughs> and that that just can't happen today. So I feel very blessed to come from the hospitality industry. Um, and I take full advantage of of letting the meeting or event professional know that I'm, I'm here to make their job easier and smoother. And um, and maybe uh, you know, given that experience, what are uh, some things that meeting planners should make sure to ask and confirm with uh, number one speakers? And then, how, what are your tips on for them uh, communicating with stakeholders um, so that they can understand the changing environment in the meetings world and and the planners' role in that, uh, their changing role in that. Oh, yeah. Um, not too long ago, I wrote an article for the Association Magazine, uh, uh, tips on, on how to, uh, you know, on, on, actually on why speakers don't want to speak to your association. And, and one of the major tips is that, you know, you have to educate them. You have to find some time 
to sit down and let them know exactly what your job entails and what the value of meetings mean to their company and organization. Um, and there's so many different ways of doing that. That's a whole nother podcast. But um, I believe educating them and bringing them on board to be involved in your job duties as well. Um, a lot of time, the stakeholders and CEOs or, or the major you know, decision makers don't understand what they do, but yet bring them aboard. Um, like GMID Day, you know, that would be a perfect example, um, which I think it's April 4th in, in 2020. Uh, bring them along that day. Get the company to wear the color blue, which is what Meetings Mean Business is all about. It's the color blue. And we've seen, you know, uh, entities and companies, organizations be involved in that. You've got Niagara Falls that lights up their water in blue. You've got Las Vegas, um, their arena there lit up in blue. You know, why not have your company wear blue so that your entire organization asks the question, why are we wearing blue? And there's that educational opportunity. That's just one example. Yeah, and um, and I think that's that's a great example, and just sort of I guess emphasizing to the stakeholders that uh, you know this, like a lot of things, are really moving into the marketing realm, um, and you know uh, even a lot of times uh, more and more uh, marketing departments are a lot more involved in meetings, so maybe that helps them sort of uh, put more of a specific value on it. And I know you've been in this industry for almost 30 years. I've been in it for almost 20 years. And it seems like the value of meetings and the value of uh, meeting planners in an organization has always been on the top of the list uh, since day one to uh, sort of emphasize that. And it's just sort of a perennial thing. I mean, are we going to be talking about this in another 10 years on a podcast? <laughs> I know, right? Exactly. I hope not. I hope that's where technology will really help the meeting and event professional uh, with this whole emphasis on data collecting, which, which stakeholders and, you know, they, they love that. I, I want the meeting and event professionals to embrace that too, because that is going to help prove the value of meetings and what is needed to happen at these meetings to elevate um, the learning, the behaviors, and the change that needs to take place that they need to see. And yeah, I, I agree with you. I hope we don't talk about this again for another 10 years, but I, I, I think if they can embrace the data, I think that will really, really help. I know, and I've written stories even like on heat mapping technology, and you can get real-time data right there at the event to say, well, all, why are all these people going to this booth or that booth? And of course, it's probably usually by the food or the drinks, but, uh, you know, but that's just an example of, of being able to turn around that data on a dime. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think they need to embrace that and they'll, they'll see a big difference in, uh, in a lot of ways, not only proving to the stakeholders the value of meetings, but the value of their own position in with meetings and, and that company. And uh, that's where the respect will will increase and hopefully the, the pay scale too. <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, so you're a CMP, and uh, I know I always hear about how stressful the job of being a meeting or event professional is. Uh, I think it's like number five or six usually, uh, only exceeded by uh, firefighters and police officers and people who put themselves in in uh, physically dangerous positions. Uh, why is that? Why is it so stressful, and how can people cope with that? Well, yeah, you're absolutely right. The military personnel, fighter fighters, air pilots, police officers, and then there's the meeting and event professionals. Uh, and that's been the on Edelman Intelligence for the, like the third year in a row. So the stress level um, is not going away for for this industry. And it's because they wear many hats and, and time is money. And when it comes to the big challenges for the meeting professional or their committee that's in charge, it's about, you know, all the limited budgeting, the, the technology that's, that's just coming in so fast to them. Um, and, and providing the ROI and proving that is what's so stressful for them. And with the leaders, you know, saying that they don't care about the user experience, which is not an line with with you know the goals and objectives that's that's pressure that's pressure on them um that that goes on every day and um it's not going to go away so they have to figure out what's going to simplify their job duties and and they're doing the best they can and and i'm hoping the younger generation coming into our industry um, is embracing that as well because it's it's all it's not all fun and games. Uh, it's it's a hard, stressful job. Yeah, I I've learned that out the hard way. I think I've only planned one meeting or two for a my uh, like a journalist association, and I immediately just got killed on the F and B minimum. Right, so it's like I, I found out how stressful that was right away. <laughs> Oh, yes. And even more so today, I really feel for the chefs that have to really become more creative and deal with all the limitations of the attendees, uh, you know, being diabetic or vegan or even religion uh, is in the mix. And uh, and also with, you know, marijuana and cannabis being implemented in food menus now, uh, it's it's a it's interesting. <laughs> To me, that is that's crazy, and I, I've heard this uh, from some groups, and it just amazes me that anyone would ever think it would be a good idea to to serve cannabis food at a meeting. But uh, <laughs> I guess I don't travel in uh, the right circles. I don't know. I know. I, I guess it's all part of that health and wellness that's that's. Uh, uh, especially the younger generation once once in place. Um, but yeah, it's already been implemented in Coca-Cola and, and the butter. And and uh, it's going to be interesting, uh, especially when these, um, I guess, solicitors in that arena know that there's a conference or a convention in town and, and what that looks like when they start, you know, coming to the, the venues to, to solicit their, their business. Uh, it's going to be interesting, but apparently according to uh, the reports there, that's not swaying the meeting or event professionals from um, going to that destination so far. 
Well, I know uh, Las Vegas just in the last month, I think it was approved uh, having marijuana consumption lounges. Yes. And so I, yes. I guess all bets are off to, to use a bad pun. Yeah, uh, yeah. it used to be the smoking section. Now it's going to be the marijuana section, I guess. Uh, how times change. Huh? The yeah. truth. And you have to you have to change with it and or, you know, figure out a way to justify how it's going to uh, prove the ROI the bottom line. And um, so you've been presenting at the NSA annual convention four times in a row. And, and I, that's not the uh, National Security Administration. That's the, uh, <laughs> that's, uh, the <laughs> National Speakers Association. Um, and you travel to their chapters. You have a Facebook page uh, just for speakers uh, called Meetings Industry News for Speakers. Um, and then I think you have some other big news on the horizon. Uh, a new book you have coming out. I do. I do. I, I want to help. Uh, my whole mission is to close the gap between meeting and event professionals and speakers. Uh, and after interviewing you know, over 200 of our peeps in the industry um, and seeing the need that speakers uh, should understand about the meetings world, um, I'm releasing a new book called Meeting Intelligence. And this way it will help educate the speakers to understand um, what it takes to to put on a meeting and you know the back of the house of logistics i i feel that um, my experience and expertise will really help that area and i've i've seen it from chapter to chapter to the nsa convention that there's there's more of a need there so the book will be released um this summer and very excited uh, for speakers around the world to help um the job duties of the meeting and event professionals and i i'm hearing that they're appreciative of that at the same time. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we'll have to uh, we'll get together again for a podcast once that comes out and uh, and, and educate some people on, on what's inside that new book you have. Absolutely. Um, and um, so let's um, let's wrap this up. Uh, we had the earlier discussion sort of on on change in the industry. Um, and I've always sort of, uh, you know, contemplated this in that, you know, for a meeting, any typical meeting, there's a lot of buildup, you know, and we have all this great stuff going on. People come to the meeting, they they learn a lot, they have a great time, they network, and then the it's over, and it's everything just sort of dissipates into the air. What are some ways to make change stick after a meeting is over? Oh, it, that's got to be one of the biggest challenges for everyone because they you're right, they have a good time, they learn a lot and then walk away and back into their daily lives again. But yet I see the best meetings as sitting strategically in the middle of an important initiative. I, I think there, there needs to be a buildup. There needs to be a plan. And the only way to do that is to what we call a pre-con, right? A pre-con in the industry. A company organization has to have a pre-con before um, those that go to the meeting or conference um, and make sure that they get clear on where things can lead by being at that meeting. Uh, but ultimately, this only pays off if there is some change in priorities and behaviors overall. But uh, those meetings that, that really take place is in what I call the second meeting, <laughs> like, like the hallways, you know, how we hang in the hallways, we go to dinner with each other, 
We're walking to and from the hotel convention center. We're, we're Ubering to and from. Uh, I, I, lo- I would love to be a fly on the wall at those meetings. Um, but people are, are heading into change. That's why they're going to a meeting. And suppliers, even more than, than planners, as a matter of fact, and, and that's that overall, there, there has to be some consistent momentum for everyone there while experiencing the meeting. It's, it's not going to the meeting and then just check out. There needs to be a, a pre-con. There needs to be a check-in together, whoever, you know, because a lot of companies send two or three people together. Um, and that way they can do a post-con when they get back. Um, I think that's really, really important and not let that momentum go away because I just can't think of any significant relationship with clients or colleagues that hasn't been built on face-to-face conversations or meetings. Um, It's just a matter of just not letting that go and keeping that momentum going. And that that comes from leadership. Um, So when I work with leaderships in the hospitality industry, that's one of the first things that I mentioned. There, There has to be time made for that area, or there was no purpose of going to that meeting in the first place. Right, it's like Groundhog Day. Yeah, (laughs) exactly, exactly, I like that term, absolutely. Well, thank thank you for joining us today, Deborah. Where can people find out more about um, what you do and your your, uh, speaking engagements and, and such? Oh, well, there's a lot of different ways. Definitely. I'm old school still. And and that's okay. I think, you know, calling me or emailing me is is just as easy at Deborah at DebraGardner.com or my website. I'm always on Facebook or Instagram um, or whenever I see you at one of these hospitality meetings, let's meet up and let's let's uh, examine more. I'm always doing research um, in the industry and uh, it's forever changing. Um, so I'm, I'm here to help in any way possible. And thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Well, thank you. It was indeed a pleasure. Thanks for joining us today. And uh, and thank you all out there for joining us for this Meetings Today podcast. Uh, make sure to head on over to meetingstoday.com. We have a wealth of other podcasts featuring thought leaders in the meetings industry covering all the important topics. Um, so head on over to meetingstoday.com um, and you can see the podcast section there or just go to meetingstoday.com forward slash podcast um, and you can get access all of our information and then through channels um, such as uh, the, uh, Apple and their uh, podcast system they have set up there. So thank you for joining us and have a great rest of the day.